I wanted to do an additional episode on Star Wars because I felt that there were more things to cover, especially about the new sequel trilogy as a whole and some major plot points. If you would like a detailed review of Rise of Skywalker with commentary on the plot, characters, and themes of the show, please check out our other podcast featuring Ryan and I. So let's dive into one of the biggest things I see wrong with this movie and the trilogy as a whole, and that's world building. Rise of Skywalker and the sequels have such poor world building. The directors never took the time to craft a world that's vast, believable, and memorable for the viewer. There were iconic and memorable locations in the prequels and the originals that fans still love, appreciate, and remember to this day. Just think about those the twin sons over Sandy Tatooine, the Moss Eisley Cantina scene with that, you know, famous little jingle. We had Hoth with all that snow and the winter storms. We had the forest moon of Endor with the Ewoks. And there was Dagobah where we found Yoda. There was the sprawling capital of Coruscant, including the Senate building and the Jedi Temple. There were um, there was the roaring oceans and the massive cloning facilities of Kamino. And that was just some of the great locations that were established in the originals and, and, and prequels. George Lucas crafted such a wonderful galaxy for us to enjoy. And he did this through the combination of set pieces, um, important plot lines, time spent at these locations, and the infusion of different alien cultures, aesthetics, and architecture that made these planets and locations feel unique and special. Now just take a look at what we had in Rise of Skywalker. We had Pasana, we had Kajimi, we had Exegol, and I could barely remember what Pasana and Kajimi were. Rise of Skywalker didn't even try to make these planets feel special and unique. The plot points were rushed, and the movie jumped quickly from scene to scene, and little time was spent to get viewers acclimated and familiarized with these planets and the richness of these locations. Worse yet, Disney did what many felt like rehashes of previous Star Wars planets. You had Crate, Jakku, Dakar, and Pazana. Crate was basically Hoth. They even had that stupid line in The Last Jedi where the Resistance soldier says, It's salt. As if Ryan Johnson and the producers knew it would be compared to Hoth. You had Jakku, which is basically Tatooine number two, Dakar, which is Yavin, Pasana, which is also Tatooine number two, and so forth. These planets look and feel nearly identical to the planets of the originals and prequels. The sequels don't spend the time to make these locations feel rich and alive. Like, they were an actual part of the Star Wars galaxy with their own, you know, alien cultures, with their own architecture, with their own geography, and so on. They were simply places that just advanced the plot. The Disney sequels could have conjured a completely new or unique place. They could have used an underwater planet, a forest city, slums, factory planet, literally anything. The new trilogy felt small in comparison to the vastness of the prequels and even the original trilogy. We weren't presented with a narrative about what happened to the galaxy in the 30 years since the fall of the Empire. What happened to the capital world of Coruscant? 
What about the secret rebel base on Yavin? How about Bespin or Kashyyyk? Unfortunately, questions like these remain unanswered throughout the sequel trilogy, and it feels completely disconnected from the events of the originals and, uh, and prequels. The prequels gave us snippets on galactic government, distant worlds, political leaders and factions, and the original trilogy showed us the military might of the Empire and the mysteriousness of the Dark Side and Emperor Palpatine. The sequels didn't give us any of that other than having the New Republic being blown up and another Empire look-alike in the First Order rising from somewhere. You never really got a sense of the scale and how the events of the films relate to the galaxy at large. I'm reminded by a great scene in episode 4 where all these Imperial officers are sitting behind a big giant desk in the Death Star discussing the threat of the Rebellion. Tarkin walks in with Vader and tells the officers that the Imperial Senate has just been dissolved and now fear will keep the systems in control. And there's a discussion about the Death Star plans and the power of the battle station and the scene concludes with Darth Vader displaying the power of the Force by force choking an officer. And this is such an excellent scene because we learn that there's an emperor, we learn that the Imperial Senate just got dissolved, uh, we learn about the power of the Death Star, uh, we get a show of what the Force is or and what it looks like, and there's no scenes like this in the sequel trilogy, at least not that I remember. These, you know, scenes that really tell us about the galaxy at large, what government is out there the major players the major characters and so on they're just none and on a little side note if you want to see good world building watch star wars the clone wars it's a cartoon series that expands upon the clone wars era of star wars and does so much to improve the prequels it's probably the most fleshed out george lucas star wars experience out there it expands on character arcs like obi-wan and Anakin Skywalker, and adds new characters like Ahsoka, Ahsoka Tano and Captain Rex. And it also shows off new planets, aliens, cultures, clothing, things about the Force, and so on. Definitely check it out if you're able to. Anyways, for part two, I want to discuss the lack of overarching plot in the trilogy. As a trilogy within a series, an overarching theme or plot needs to be present in order to bind the trilogy together and cement it in place within the saga as a whole. Without an overarching plot or a story that pushes the story forward, movies within a trilogy or within a series feel like episodic content only bound by the name of the show or the movie. Now, the original trilogy featured the rise of Luke Skywalker from a modest farmhand to a Jedi that helped Darth Vader redeem himself and defeat Emperor Palpatine. It also showed how the Rebels defeated the mighty Galactic Empire. It was simple and straightforward, but it worked because the, it was the story that really glued Episode 4, 5, and 6 together and gave us a sense of continuity and consistency. The inclusion of solid character development and the raising of stakes to increase urgency also kept the story fresh and engaging. Now, the prequel trilogy did its job in laying the groundwork for the entire Star Wars saga. Now, obviously, it had its issues, especially with wooden dialogue, flat acting, the overuse of CGI, uh, controversial characters like Jar Jar Binks, and so on. But in my view, 
the prequels added so much to the Star Wars universe by laying a strong foundation. We saw a little bit of young Obi-Wan Kenobi, Qui-Gon Jinn. We saw the rise of young Attican to become the Jedi and how he fell to the dark side. This made the Luke and Vader story of the original trilogy even better because it fleshed out Darth Vader's character and made Luke's confrontation with the Emperor and Darth Vader that much more emotional and satisfying. The backdrop of the Clone Wars was also really good because it made the entire saga more complete. This massive conflict threw the galaxy into turmoil and led to the rise of Emperor Palpatine and the Galactic Empire. Now, the sequel trilogy had absolutely none of this. There was no central storyline pushing the story forward. There was nothing for the fans to look forward to other than the next film being called Star Wars. The Knights of Ren? Just kidding, they weren't important. The First Order? Well, where did they come from? Oh, it became the Final Order. What the hell is that? Is Rey's lineage important? Oh, she's a nobody. Oh, just kidding, she's actually a descendant of Palpatine. The battle between the New Republic and an unknown threat? Just kidding, the New Republic is quickly nuked into oblivion in Force Awakens. What is the central storyline that runs through the sequel trilogy? The, these films, they feel completely disjointed. I'm not sure if Disney will ever make a sequel to Episode Nine, but at least the good thing is, Episode Nine ended conclusively. The next sequel would... or they could always start fresh with another set of characters, planets, and stories. There was limitless potential to where the story could have gone. The rise of the New Republic could have been a perfect backdrop for tales of mystery, murder, corruption, unknown enemies, and so forth. Maybe there was a moth who fled to the unknown regions with remnants of the Imperial military. Maybe there was an external threat like the Yuuzhan Vong from the Star Wars Expanded Universe. Maybe there was someone seeking to destroy the New Republic from within. Or maybe there was a mystery surrounding ancient Sith or Jedi texts. Who knows? Disney could have ran with anything, but they ended up with a really messy and disjointed trilogy, and which they're currently trying to fill with external material. I think it's important to talk about how these films were handled. J.J. Abrams wrote and directed The Force Awakens. Ryan Johnson did The Last Jedi, and J.J. Abrams came back co-wrote and directed The Rise of Skywalker. There never seemed to be a cohesive structure to this trilogy, and part of that wasn't just the writing, it was how the films were envisioned. For example, Ryan Johnson had full creative authority in The Last Jedi. He had the ability to change anything he wanted. Did he consult with anyone? Mark Hamill? George Lucas? J.J. Abrams? Star Wars completely bungled how these new movies were planned. It's highly disappointing that Disney, a company that's worth over $100 billion, screwed up so badly. With that amount of money and resources, they could have assembled a competent team of filmmakers, producers, writers, to really oversee the development of such a trilogy. I didn't like Force Awakens. They blew up the New Republic and turned the good guys into rebels again and the First Order was basically Empire all over. At least it gave us new characters for the second and third film to play around with. I don't even know what kind of story The Last Jedi was trying to tell. Rey getting stronger, the death of Luke, running away from the First Order. And in The Rise of Skywalker, there seemed to be a completely standalone film 
that had nothing to do with Last Jedi or The Force Awakens. Basically, the entire trilogy, you could say it was the rise and fall of the First Order and maybe the redemption of Kylo Ren with Rey getting massively overpowered, and that's about it. At the end of the day, this is a new trilogy within the Star Wars saga. It's not an easy task, but as a director, you really need to do something fresh and new, but also respect the established logic, stories, and characters of the previous trilogy. Now, there was also way too much rehash. From world building, themes, characters, and story, the sequels rehashed too many elements from their original and prequel trilogies. Rehash and nostalgia can work, but only sparingly to make us feel connected to prior work or as a callback to earlier events. The sequel trilogy takes us to a whole new level, ripping plot lines and storylines all the way down to set pieces from previous movies. Force Awakens did this to a T. The Jedi are once again extinct, Rey was Luke, a seemingly no-name average show that was thrown into a conflict bigger than they could have ever imagined. BB-8 is R2-D2, the Resistance is a small and ragtag group of soldiers, just like, the, just like the Rebel Alliance, and the First Order was basically another galactic empire. Again, just like the originals, you had a small group of soldiers take on the big bad guys who are armed to the teeth, have possessed a big bad superweapon in Starkiller Base. Sound familiar yet? Even though Force Awakens was a huge ripoff of A New Hope, it did leave us with some new characters, so there was some potential for making the story great in subsequent films. Now in The Last Jedi, the Rebels are escaping from the Big Bad Empire once again. Oh, sorry, I meant the First Order. Now, this is similar to the Rebels in the beginning of Empire Strikes Back. There's also the crate scene, which again is a ripoff of the Hoth scene in Empire Strikes Back. To top it off, there's another scene in a throne room, this time it's in Snoke's throne room, where Kylo asks Rey to join him, and he reveals the truth about her parents. Now, in addition to the similarities in stories and characters, the aesthetics of the new trilogy draw heavily from the original trilogy. In my view, Disney is trying to balance new characters and stories from the well-known aesthetics of the original trilogy. This includes AT-ATs, Stormtroopers, Star Destroyers, X-Wings, Mon Calamari ships, lightsabers, and so on. Yeah, you know, it looks like Star Wars and kind of feels like Star Wars, but at the end of the day, decades have passed. There's a new story, new characters, and we should move on from the tried-and-true aesthetics. You can only reuse Stormtroopers and X-Wings for so long for nostalgia. Come on, 30 years have passed since the fall of the Empire. Do something new. New ships, new planets, new armor. Just spice it up a little bit. Another thing that I hated about this new sequel trilogy was the lack of character development. Now, I was so excited when Force Awakens came out and introduced us to new characters. I wanted to learn more about them, their motivations, and their personality. Unfortunately, I was highly disappointed. Disney really dropped the ball with Rey, Finn, and Poe. Now, let's just start off with Poe. This guy had some potential to be a badass pilot and fighter, but he really had no character arc. Ultimately, his character went nowhere. One of the few things that Ryan Johnson did well in Last Jedi was giving Poe a little bit of depth. 
He was shown to be an aggressive hotshot pilot that had an affinity for risky maneuvers. He decided to attack the Dreadnought in the beginning of Last Jedi, which ultimately destroyed it. But his character is chastised and reprimanded when he reports back onto the Resistance flagship. Poe considers Admiral Holdo's plan to escape via transport cowardly and unsatisfactory, so he decides to lead a mutiny in, a, in an attempt to save the Resistance. This sounds pretty good for Poe. I mean, there's a little bit of depth. There's a little bit of motivation. I mean, it's not perfect, but it's something. Unfortunately for Poe, nothing changes for him in Episode Nine. He's part of the gang when they are going on their missions, which is a welcome development, but his character really doesn't go anywhere. Now, it's revealed that he's a spice runner back in the day, but it's just a couple of lines of dialogue that doesn't really do much to flesh out his character because it feels like a last-ditch effort to give him a little bit of background. He's then thrust into a command position in the Battle of Mexico, but it's far too late to make any difference on his character arc. They needed to take more time with Poe, and really show his character development from risk-taker to competent leader, or maybe a selfish fighter like Han Solo to selfless hero. Something that would have given his character some actual development. Poe simply isn't memorable, which is a complete shame. Now let's move on to Finn. Finn was a huge letdown for me. This guy had so much potential. He could have been a unique hero because he was a defector from the First Order. Now, sadly, his character was completely sidelined um, to the B-plot or side character status for Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. I really thought Finn was going to be a main character after The Force Awakens. They gave him a lot of screen time, and they chalked him up to be a potential love interest. And he felt conflicted about the entire First Order resistance conflict, and he wasn't sure of himself. In The Last Jedi, however... That film totally screwed Finn over by sending him on a useless B-plot to Canto Bite that ultimately meant nothing. Ryan Johnson almost gave Finn a proper send-off that would have actually cemented Finn as a great character if he actually made Finn die by crashing into that Bunker Buster cannon on Crate. Now this would have shown the audience that Finn changed from First Order Defector who had doubts about the war and everything, into a character that sacrificed himself for the greater good. Now, obviously, I would have been pissed because I liked Finn, but it could have been a good send-off. Anyways, Finn obviously returns in Rise of Skywalker, and it's just sad. He ends up becoming this meme that just shouts, Ray! Yes, it's a meme. It's pretty much meme now. He's simply just forgettable, and it's so disappointing. I felt like... Poe and Finn were relegated to just shouting commands or exposition or making statements to drive the plot forward instead of actually having genuine conversations that give us a sense of who these characters are, their motivations, and their feelings. I mean, I don't even remember what Finn does in this film. That's how forgettable he is. It's like they completely forgot about him. And finally, it's time for... Okay, I really did not like the character Rey. I don't find her to be compelling or likable at all. She's commonly called a Mary Sue by critics, and I have to agree with them. I'm struggling to really connect and feel attached to Rey because she's just way too good at everything without having to earn anything. She doesn't face any particular challenge, and the stakes aren't really that high for her. 
All the challenges he faces are not really character-building moments, but just events that move the plot along. Now I'm going to compare Rey to Luke Skywalker a lot, because they're both the primary protagonists of the respective trilogies. They both share similarities and differences, but to me, Luke emerges as a believable, well-written, and compelling protagonist, while Rey falls flat. Now, although Luke and Rey both emerge from humble be- they're both really different characters. Now, chiefly, Luke struggles time and time again and faces challenges that add to his character development. I won't go extremely in-depth with Luke and Rey because, you know, I don't want to take from the overall purpose of this podcast episode. But there's numerous examples of Luke failing, learning, and succeeding. Luke is shown to be quite pedestrian. He starts off as a farmer on Tatooine. His adoptive family is killed, and then he joins the Rebel Alliance. He struggles with his new force training, and then a third of the way through the film, his only mentor, Obi-Wan Kenobi, dies. Now, he gets bailed out by Han Solo at the Battle of Yavin, but also trusts the Force to help him destroy the Death Star. In Episode 5, we see Luke receive training from Yoda and display selflessness that would become a theme for the original trilogy. Ultimately, it's revealed in a spite of Darth Vader that Darth Vader is his father, and Luke loses an arm in the process. The stakes have been raised. Now let's see what happens to Rey in Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. She is a competent fighter, gunner, pilot, and even lightsaber user as she defeats Kylo Ren in battle. There's just really little explanation to the audience about these skills that make it remotely believable. With The Last Jedi, she successfully dispatches Snoke's personal guards of ease. She can also move a ton of rocks on crate. The films barely show her training with Luke Skywalker on Akhto. This makes her feats highly unbelievable and put into the film only to move the plot forward. Even in Return of the Jedi, Luke, now a seasoned fighter, is defeated by Emperor Palpatine. Yes, Luke was good, but he didn't stand a chance against the powerful Emperor. Now, Rey's strength in Rise of Skywalker just skyrocketed to astronomical heights. She could heal people and save them from death. Oh, Anakin, you should have learned this power from Rey, and you shouldn't have joined up with evil Palpatine. Now, I'm fine with the ability to heal people being present in the Star Wars universe, but it came out of left field with Rey without any explanation, backstory, or training. It's highly unbelievable. Also, she's able to use the Force to move a friggin' cargo ship. In contrast, Luke struggles to even move an X-Wing in the Dagobah Swamp. Rey also defeats Emperor Palpatine by deflecting his lightning back to him. Not only is this laughable, but it's terrible writing. Emperor Palpatine was shown to be the biggest, baddest, evilest mofo in the entire Star Wars universe. He possessed ungodly amount of power, he orchestrated the Clone Wars, he converted Anakin to the dark side, and even beat Yoda in a fight. She's just way, 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 way too good. She overcomes any challenge easily and doesn't particularly face any tough moments and excels in almost everything. The absolute deal breaker for me is in the scene where Rey is knocked down and all the voices of the past Jedi compel her to rise. 
I cringed so hard because it felt like Disney was explicitly telling us to like and appreciate Rick. Now, she really didn't do anything to carry on the legacy of the Jedi up to that point. Disney is trying really, really hard to make us forget that Luke Skywalker was the continuation of the Jedi and to focus all our attention on Rey and see her as the continuation. Luke Skywalker was the one who turned Darth Vader back to the light, and Luke heroically faced off against the Emperor and resisted the call of the dark side. The whole scene with Rey and the voices of the past Jedi seemed so cheap and unearned to me. Up to that point, it never felt that Rey really earned anything. She easily dispatches her challenges and never gets physically hurt and never faced any significant setbacks. It felt like Disney was stabbing the people who liked Anakin and Luke right in the gut. Disney recently announced that they would be taking a break from theatrical releases of Star Wars and focus on new TV releases. Now, I don't know whether to be happy or disappointed. On one hand, hopefully they can reevaluate their mistakes and take the time necessary to craft a good story with good characters. Star Wars TV hasn't been bad either. You had The Mandalorian, and you have the final season of The Clone Wars soon. And those are big hits with the fans. But I can't help but feel disappointed. We had to go through all this shenanigans and crap with these three highly disappointing movies that killed off our favorite characters and introduced new ones that ultimately went nowhere. The story didn't feel new and rehashed plot lines on the original trilogy. At the end of the day, it's the sad downfall of Star Wars.